welcome to the Destiny Podcast. We hope this message blesses you. Ah, uh, hello. Hi. <laughs> Can you still be awake? Yes. At two in the afternoon. Beautiful. <laughs> Tell me, how was last week? What is God doing? <laughs> um, the Camel Street was really good. Oh, you, nice one! You went. Yes, it was interesting to just do it because at the beginning, when we were with Jones, Jones did all the crazy stuff, and uh-huh. I was just like, uh, I don't really want to do it because I feel not comfortable doing it and I don't like it but then when we went on our own then it was really good and we just did it and it was great um yes and I think God is opening my box where I had him him in he's opening it right now because I I see that there's much more and that God is much more and he wants to do much more and that I am much more than I thought I would. Wow, what does that look like? It started with the coins on the wall and now the Cannon Street and I don't know, I, I thought I would just be me but I think I, if I recognize that God is much more than I thought I will also be much more than I thought I would ever could there's some wisdom in there well done that's wow cool so is it fun yes you enjoy it yeah yeah does it feel I don't, I don't like separating your head and your heart because I believe God made you as as one being but do you feel more whole in it all? Like the whole person is involved? Or is it still mostly your head? It's more whole. Because on the Cannon Street, for example, it, my head wasn't really involved. <laughs> I just uh-huh. did it. And if I had listened to my head, I would not have done anything. Yeah. Yeah. Nice one. Cool. Marek. Yeah. <laughs> um, we should say hello from uh, Martin. He told us before we forget it. Uh, Martin from Life Church. Martin from Life Church. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Martin Fellman, old guy. Uh, I don't know yeah. his second name, but he he's old. It? He's old. <laughs> yeah, he's old. He's older than we are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you. He's he's a he's a good guy. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I think in the moment, yeah, God is just challenging the way I think over myself, and yeah, that's it. <laughs> like, what does that mean? Um, in what you're capable of, who you are, your identity. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm not sure if we talked about it last week that. Uh, Alan spoke about stepping in, stepping into another reality, and yeah, at the moment I just feel like I, yeah, I'm doing. I did that, did that step, and yeah, just, just feeling more, more like God loves me. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's very good. That's very good. Do you, um, while it may look like on the outside you are being changed in terms of this is who I was before the school and then this is who I am after the school, um, I believe it's actually more an issue of like God continuously introduces you to the real you. This is actually who you are. 
underneath all the layers of what you thought you were false identity um, protection whatever it is so does have you seen a change there already and oh wow I'm actually I'm really thinking differently like I'm behaving differently it's I'm not I'm not talking about previously my favorite color was green now it's blue that, that's not that's not it it's more just the way I think is different like the concepts in which I think and the stuff that is important to me have you noticed a difference there and, and if so what have you noticed the difference in um, yeah I mean I noticed it but I can't really describe what it looks like it's just yeah I just think I'm <laughs> I'm not really sure what what changed, but yeah, I I just think in another way, and um, I'm trying to take more times um, to think about who I am, and yeah, I just feel that I need that time. It's not just that I enjoy it; I I really feel that I have a need for that, and yeah, that was changing the last weeks, the last days. Nice, yeah. Yeah, just be just be mindful of those things. Um, I think that's those are the bits that um, are fresh as well, and those are the areas in life that you might actually react more than the other areas when people ask you, confront you about them, because they're still fresh. And uh, anything that's fresh and new and fragile, you're trying to protect. It's like um, a greenhouse, you know, and the plants in there. Sometimes you still feel like, no, but this is this is the new me, and now I'm gonna fight for the right for the new me to be around. Um, but as, so as long as you know, okay, this is an, an area in knowing God as my Father. Another area in you know, I'm believing for the supernatural. I'm stepping out in like. God is more than I thought he was and therefore I am actually more than I thought I was and and then whenever people will ask you or confront you about those areas because um, they're just not used to thinking in that way maybe they don't know you that way I think it helps in terms of not not overreacting I've seen students come out of the school and um, and defend almost violently that one truth or those two truths that they had um, stepped into when they went into the school ministry. And it, it didn't really help the people around them, their church at home, because actually while that might have been true, the way they communicated wasn't good, and so people couldn't receive it. Um, but if you know, okay, in this area, this is still a sensitive area in my life because God's been doing something in this area, then um, it's a lot easier for even for you to manage yourself and to um, yeah, just to make sure that to be mindful of okay, this is how my reactions will be. Or yeah, I don't know if that makes sense now. It might make sense once you come back after school. That's okay. Ah, <clears throat> oh, okay. Well, Father, I like God a lot. Um, this is this is not what I'm going to talk about today. This is just a little side note. <laughs> I find that in everything that we do, especially as Christian teachers, it's so 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 important to never lose sight of the person of Jesus. Hammer, things like okay. that. Your name should be Thor then, actually. Sorry? Thor. You know, hammer, warrior. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, Thor. got it. <laughs> yeah. Um, probably the most frustrating name of, of God but actually the most exciting name is um, the great I am just 
it's in Exodus 3 when um, when God encounters Moses in the burning bush and then Moses asks so God gives Moses the task of Moses go back to Egypt go back to Pharaoh now you need to understand that Pharaoh isn't just Pharaoh it's not like you going to the Prime Minister or to um, the German Chancellor it's going to your cousin Pharaoh knows you because Moses grew up in the palace him and that Pharaoh that was reigning at that time they probably they played together they learned together they grew up together they were trained in the same way they were taught by the same teachers do you understand this they were cousins yeah they really were um, so Moses needs to go back to somebody he once called brother or friend or cousin it's it's not just oh he's this evil guy that I just need to give the message to let my people go but it's uh, I know him this is Jimmy you know, Pharaoh Jimmy, I know him. Now, this is this is a big deal because often we forget that those people really lived in the Bible that we that we read about. So later on, when the plagues come and the tenth plague comes, and there's the death of the firstborn, this was like family to Moses. Do you understand? This is this is my brother, and his first son is going to die tonight. And now I'm begging him, please don't do this. And I know what it's going to do to his heart. And I know what it's going to do to my heart. Because even though he's stubborn and he has hardened his heart to God, but he's still my brother. And it, it's, it's just, I, I love this aspect of the Bible that uh, there's, there's just so much more to those stories than, oh, these are nice stories. Or maybe we can learn a thing or two. This is just, this is real life. This is real decisions that people had to make. But here's Moses. Um, and God talks to him. And he says, Moses, go back to Pharaoh and, um, and give him this message. Let my people go. Now, there was prophecies even before Israel actually went into slavery. Even before Israel went into Egypt. That they were going to be for 400 years in in Egypt in slavery and when the time was right I love this when the time was right because actually when the time was right Jesus was born yeah it's just like it's it's actually when when he pleased the father then that this is the perfect moment now it's time for Jesus to appear on the world stage at that time it was the perfect time for Moses the Savior to appear on the world stage so um, God says to Moses, go back. And Moses, 40 years being an Egyptian, I'm 38. I'm not even as old as Moses was when he left Egypt. Moses wasn't a teenager. Yeah? He, was, he was set in his ways. He understood he was a general in Egypt. So he, he didn't worship the God of the Hebrews. He had all, you know, he had Ra and whatever other gods there were and worshipping the sun and I'm worshipping gods that have dog heads and whatever the Egyptians had, yeah? And now, Moses asked him, but who are you? Which of those gods is actually talking to me right now? And God gives them the most frustrating answer. Like, you know what? Tell Pharaoh, I am. I am has sent me. It's like, Moses like, well, you're, you're who? Who are you? It's like, I am. Like, yeah, yeah, but you're what? Like, are you the god of war? You know, are you the god of wine? The Romans had all sorts. Are you the god of joy? Are you the god of death? Like, what is your, what's your superpower? And, and God's like, I am. I am everything that you need me to be. This is the most frustrating and actually the most incredible name God has. The great I am. He's the he's the I was and he's the I will be, but only to us. From where he stands, he's just I am. Because he's not he's not limited by time. You know, who was, who is, and who is to come. That's that's our Jesus. Because we understand him in terms of, oh, this is what he was yesterday, this is who he is today, and this is who he is tomorrow. And by this by the way, he's always the same. But for him, he's I am. 
he is he just is and I love this so Moses is looking at the bush <clears throat> and God is saying just just go back and tell tell them I am send me it's like yeah but um, and any just just the struggle because Moses knew he was going to go back into a system that had no place for this kind of God that doesn't exist he, he knew he was asking in his mind the same dumb questions that the Pharaoh is going to ask him later on it's like yeah but what's what, what is your God's name it's like I know I asked him the same thing he wouldn't tell me just can you imagine just the frustration of ah I am but but God is he is always he's always been and he always will be <clears throat> Hebrews 13 verse 8 it talks about Jesus being the same yesterday today and for all eternity and it's there's an aspect of he is just that faithful but also he's that reliable and he's that unchanging he is the God that is that is the rock he's the one that if he was that if you read anything in scripture that you can see this is all oh, he was faithful to Moses he was faithful to David if you can take that for yourself because that means that God is faithful and he's not going to change. If he was faithful to one person, he's going to be faithful to you. Does it make sense? He's no respecter of person. That is an amazing thing that you can choose. You read the Bible and you open it up. And it's not like, oh, isn't that nice that God had favor on whoever. But you can actually take that for yourself. Because if God really is the one that is consistently like that, then this is a pattern that the Bible describes of who your God is. And you can say, and because I've, I've heard stories about this, now I can take this for myself. Amen? Amen. Yeah? Now, there's still a big difference between knowing those stories and kind of theoretically hearing about God. It's like, yeah, yeah, he's the healer. Um, <clears throat> Joe puts it this way. At the end of Job, when finally God speaks up. I don't know, if, have you ever read the book of Job? It's a long book to read, and there's a lot of complaining from Job and his friends, and they're arguing. And this is a bit like Facebook these days. Yeah, they're just going back and forth, and yeah, blah, blah, yeah, blah, blah. And, uh, and then God shows up. And then God, I love this, how God just asks Job, like, by the way, where have you been when I made the world? Do you know what it takes? Blah, blah. And it's just, I love this. God is just, he's just, he basically, Job picked a fight with God and God showed up. He's like, all right, come on, bring it on. And then Job realizes, ah, oh, all right, I'm completely out of my league. And at the end of this, Job says, my ears have heard, but now my eyes have seen. Now, your ears will have heard about the stories of God because you read them, because you hear sermons. And this is good for you to take them and say, okay, God, I, I want to see the same supernatural. Like coins is the best example. I've heard the stories. I know this is you. But now my eyes have seen. I need to see this for myself because now this God has become my God. He's always been my God. That's not a question. But this aspect, I've never related to God in a supernatural way in this aspect because I didn't think that was for me. But now my eyes have seen. This is now my God. He sticks coins to the wall. Yeah? My God, he heals people. My God, he provides financially. My God does bring the breakthrough. My God restores marriages. You, you know all this stuff. Every Christian would say, yes, 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 all right to that. But when you look at people's lives, you see that they... They, they, they confess it, but they don't believe it. And this is the thing about, you need to start, just choose, it's, it's a simple thing as choosing, all right, God, then you need to change how I'm thinking about you. If, if you are faithful, then I need to start thinking in terms of faithfulness. And I want to see this, so that this is not just Abraham's story, this is not just David's or Daniel's story, but this is going to be my story. Amen? You, you need your own stories 
it really is of utmost importance because it's good to know the Bible. But man, it's good. It's one thing to read the story of Daniel, how God protected him in the lion's den, and it's another thing for you to be protected by God in your own circumstances. And you just know, I am in the hands of my father and nobody can touch me. It's a whole other thing. My eyes have seen, my ears have heard. There's a two massive differences. Your eyes need to see. That's my point. Yeah? So all the stuff that you hear in the school of ministry is really good. This is all my ears have heard. But you need to get to a point with your father where you say, okay, my eyes need to see. I need to encounter you. Cool. In Romans 15, verse 4, it says, Whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction, so that through perseverance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. What does that mean? All that stuff that you read in the Bible was written for you. So you get to know who your God is because he's the same. In 1 Corinthians 10, 11, it says, all these events happened to them as examples for us. This is crazy. Yeah, All these things have happened to them as examples for us. <clears throat> ha. And so, all the more, it's important to know the names of God, how he reveals himself. Because if he reveals, if he reveals himself like a, a certain aspect, he's the warrior, he's the breakthrough, he's your righteousness, he's your peace, then, then that becomes yours. We're going to read a couple of things. Psalm 124, verse 8. Our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven. Our help is in the name of the Lord. Psalm 116, verse 4 to 8. Then I called on the name of the Lord. O Lord, save me. The Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God is full of compassion. The Lord, protect. the Lord protects the simple-hearted. Isaiah 50, 10. Who among you fears the Lord and obeys the word of his servant? Let him who walks in the dark, who has no light, trust in the name of the Lord and rely on his God. I love this. It's... Just like there is almost throughout the scripture, there is this song, this ode to the name of the Lord. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. We even know the song. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. No, the righteous run into it and they are saved. Of course. <clears throat> no. God has always revealed himself as exactly what people needed in that moment. The 40 years in the desert, that Israel was in the desert, apart from the day before the Sabbath, there was only enough manna for now. Yeah, there was only enough manna for that one day. And if they tried to collect more, it actually got bad. And God's just really straight with them, said, guys, the reason why you're why you're trying to collect more than you need now is because you don't trust that I am faithful for tomorrow. That's the only reason. God said there will be food all the time. What's the first thing that people do? They collect enough for tomorrow. And in their hearts, they're actually saying, God, you're not faithful. I don't believe you. So I'm going to look after myself. Does it make sense? That's why God's like, he's like, this is not, this is not a joke. And this is not me trying to make you dependent on me in a very unhealthy way. This is me trying to teach you that you can trust me. I am faithful. So God never talked to somebody hypothetically in, in advance. Like, so Moses, um, when you get into the desert and people start complaining about food, then just pray to me and I'll be, I'll be your provider. Yeah? When people start talking about being thirsty, just, just pray, just, you know, um, there will be a rock, I'll, I'll tell you what to do, um, there will be water. God never did that in advance. Yeah? He just said, trust me now, and whatever problems there might be tomorrow, I will 
enough. We like kind of doing our, this is what insurances are all about. We like to insure ourselves against all the um, unpredictability of tomorrow. And because we don't trust that God is actually faithful. Because we heard stories of people still dying. We heard stories of people being bankrupt. We heard stories of whatever. And therefore we think, ah, I, we say, yeah, 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 our mouth says, yeah, 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 God, I trust you. Yeah, 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 you're, you're the God of my tomorrow. Not a problem. Yeah, 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 of course I believe that you look after me. But, and then we're collecting money for ourselves for tomorrow, just in case. And, uh, and it just shows that we don't believe or know God. 2 Corinthians 12, Paul talks about this. <clears throat> This thing, this messenger from the devil that um, that was sent, uh, just that he was struggling with, and uh, and he's trying he's trying to argue with God about, come on, just take it away. I don't want it anymore. I don't want whatever this is, this situation. Um, and God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. Therefore, Paul says, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness, so that Christ's power may rest on me. This is so great. And now, if you're in a business, this is the worst um, business strategy you can ever have. What's your plan? I don't know. Well, what are you going to do tomorrow? I don't know yet. I'm going to just wait and see what God does. Like, nobody does that. Nobody starts a business like this. But there's this thing with God in, in our lives. It's like, Jesus made it so clear. It's like, guys, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has enough worries and sorrow of its own. Today, I am enough. I really am enough today. And I want to tell you guys, um, maybe not now, but about... A month before the school finishes, you will start thinking about the school a lot more than you're thinking about it now. And you will think about all the yeah, but what ifs and, and back and forth. And it's not even a bad thing. It's good if you need to apply to university or do other things, do this. But I've seen it take over in people's lives because they were looking at a problem. The problem wasn't even there yet. The problem is going to come tomorrow, maybe. But I am here today, and I can kind of, I'm worried about this problem that might come tomorrow, and I'm freaking out because God is not fixing it today. Does that make, do you know what I'm trying to say? And I'm not saying, just ignore the problem, it's going to go away. But I'm saying, actually, right now, today, is God enough? Yes. Then let God be enough. Because otherwise, this is going to rob your peace. Genuinely, this is actually going to rob your faith. I've seen Christians that got so mad at God for not fixing a future problem that hasn't even existed yet. There wasn't even a problem yet, yeah? But there might be one. I can see it happening. And God didn't fix it today because he just wanted to, them to learn this lesson of, you can trust me. You can trust me. I am the great I am. I am faithful. You don't need mana for tomorrow. I will provide manna for tomorrow. Um, yeah, so just rest in that place of just allowing him to be everything that he needs to be today. And if there is a problem tomorrow, trust him that he is going to be enough for the problem tomorrow. But he might not give you everything that you need for the problem tomorrow. He might not give it to you today. He might just wait till tomorrow. Because you don't need it until tomorrow. Does it make sense? That's a, that's yes. a tough thing to wait for. Because everybody else is going to yell at you and say, Yeah, but what are you going to do about this? And your parents are going to ask you. And your friends are going to ask you. And yourself, you're going to ask yourself. And just being like, Okay, God, I'm going to wait here. Because you promised me that my tomorrow is secure in your hands. So you will let me know what I need to do. Whatever it is. Make phone calls, apply here, do this, whatever it is, but I trust that you know. It's, it's a much, it costs you more, but it's a much better place to live in. And you have a lot more peace inside as well. <clears throat> Ooh, really?
ideal. So, oh, no manual fell from heaven. We have the Bible today, but Moses didn't. Yeah? He didn't have all the stories. David didn't have the Bible. He had a little bit. And then, and then we come to the New Testament, the disciples. They didn't have the New Testament. They just had the Old Testament. And so, and yet God revealed himself constantly in a new way as exactly that person that they needed him to be. So trust God that he will be everything that you need for that moment that you find yourself in. Today, he is enough for today. He really is. And not just, ah, just, just enough, but actually so much in Psalm 23, what happens when God pours into the cup? Overflow. Yeah, that's enough for God. Boom. That's that's how that's how God thinks of enough. The Germans, we think of enough like this. Yeah, this is enough because now we don't spill anything. But there's, it's never full. Enough is like, oh, this is enough. Yeah. When God pours in, there's always gonna be more than enough. That's His level of, oh, this is enough now. And when, when he says, I am enough for you today, I am, then that's not just so you have the bare minimum. This is so you can live in abundance because he, that, that's his only limb, that's his only measure, abundance. This, yeah, it's, it's, he's that good, he's that big. There's never going to be an end to it. This is, check this out, in Revelation 7, um, Verse 11 and 12, all the angels were standing around the throne, around the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell down in their faces before the throne, and they worshipped. Revelation 7. You there? This is basically... Which verse? 11 to 12. Yeah. This is these are not people that got saved. These are these are angels that were in his presence ever since those angels have been created. And yet they fall to their face constantly. Now go to chapter eleven, Revelation eleven, verse sixteen and seventeen. And the 24 elders who were seated on the thrones before God fell on their faces and worshipped God. What is happening? Ever since God created them, they were worshipping God. And they're worshipping him because there's revelation of who he is. There's, he's bigger than they know him to be. And they get hit with this revelation. And they fall on their faces. The 24 elders throw their crowns down. And they worship him and say, worthy is the lamb. And then they sing the song. And it's a very simple song. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Yeah. And then they sing another song. Worthy is the lamb. And that's kind of it for all eternity. Do you understand? And then, and then they kind of make it back onto their thrones. And then God reveals himself as even bigger than they thought he would be. And another revelation of his awesomeness, of the great I am, hits them. And the angels, the 24 elders, the four living creatures, they all fall down and worship again. I don't know how long that takes, 10 seconds, 20 minutes, 2 hours, I don't know. But after that, they all come back onto the thrones again. They barely make it sitting down. Another revelation hits them. God is good. Whoa! Let's throw another crown down on the floor. It's like, holy, holy, holy. This has been happening for all of their existence. My mind's blown. This is how big God is. And this will happen for the rest of eternity. That's how big I am is. He is that big. So for us to say, yeah, 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 I know God, is absolutely audacious. It is actually, I, I want to go as far as saying it's blasphemy. Because, <laughs> because we think that we have understood God. The one that is that big, the one that is that good, the one that has 
that that brings angels to his, to their knees by a simple revelation of who he is and will do this for all eternity he is your dad and to me that's just like this is my god he's so big that it'll take all eternity for me to understand him but he's so simple that I can have a relationship with him. That I can ask him questions. Dad, how are you doing? Jesus, what would you like to do today? And he's actually answering. In 2 Corinthians 3, um, verse 17, it says, Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. That's it. And then verse 18, it says, And we, with unveiled faces, behold him as in a mirror what that means i'm sure the guys in um the new creation we talked about that verse a lot as well um, we're being transformed into his likeness from glory to glory as through the spirit or as by the spirit um that means that when you hang out with the great i am you're going to end up looking, smelling, thinking, and talking like the great I am. The more you, this is Timo, what you were saying, the more you know about him, the more you realize actually this has a direct implication of who I am. And if, if you hang out with the great I am, flipping heck, there's no limits to who you are. The new creation is so much more glorious than we think it is. I listened to Linda's podcast. Were you there when Linda was in church and preaching? Yeah. Yeah, she was talking about, um, I think when she was in, in Jordan and talk, and hanging out with the Syrian refugees. And when she just hung out with them for the whole day, she came away smelling of just BO and urine and everything. And she could smell that stench on her for the rest of the day. But she said if I get that close, or people get that close to me, that I smell of them, then actually they will smell of me for the rest of the day as well. This is what's happening with Jesus and you. Don't just focus on attributes of him. I want to be more kind. I want to be more patient. This is all good, but the, this all this is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Hang out with Holy Spirit. Hang out with Jesus himself. And when you hang out with him, when you hang out with the great I am, he's going to reveal himself to you. And you're going to end up smelling, acting, thinking, talking like the great I am. You want to see miracles? Hang out with the great I am. Because he is the miracle maker. He really is. And it's just... It's just a byproduct of hanging out with him. <clears throat> like, to me, that name is not just a name. It's not just a description. It's a promise. I am everything that you need today. And actually, when you come to that big obstacle tomorrow, I am everything that you need. I am. <sighs> yeah, I love it. Any questions? I, it would surprise me, but yeah. But I think my point is not telling you guys new stuff. Maybe I, I talk about God from a slightly different angle, but actually my, my whole heart behind it all is for you to get excited about hanging out with Jesus. I want you to wanting the Skype call to finish so you can hang out with Jesus. Not because it's boring, that's, but, but it's just like, I, seriously, there's a difference between, uh, not all the time, but a lot of the time, I can't wait to go to bed because it means that I can wake up early and hang out with my friend. I love spending time with God in the morning. And, um, is because because that's what we've been created for relationship with him 
not just knowing about him, not just talking about him, but actual hanging out with him. He's the best place. Psalm 23 says that for all of my days, his presence shall be my resting place. It's, this is who he is. He is the great I am. And, and I hope that I get to stir that passion inside of you guys to hang out. Not to listen to some more podcasts and to read some more books. All of this is good. But I hope I get to stir some passion in you that you want to hang out with Jesus himself. It's like all this, all this other stuff is good. But um, this is just where I'm at at the moment. I'm not saying this is, this is me forever. But at the moment, I hardly read any other book but the Bible. I don't know why. This is just where I'm at right now. Next year, I might, I might read lots of other books again. I love reading books. You know, I've, um, I'm the one that made the book list for the school ministry. I, this is, but right now, this is not about, this is not about listening to. For me personally, it's not about listening to podcasts anymore. It's not about reading another book about him. This is about him himself. This is about. Why would I want to read a book about him if I can hang out with him? And I don't want you guys to use this as an excuse not to do your book reports. Yeah, this is not. This is not how it works. But I'm just telling you. There's relationship out there. There is so much bigger than we can even, we, we haven't even grasped it yet. Cool. In Genesis 14, um, God reveals himself as the creator. I love this. El Elyon. God who made the heavens and the earth. This is incredible. Again, um, this, is, this is when Abraham comes back. We're going to talk. I don't know whether we're ever going to talk about this story more in depth. But he, he meets Melchizedek. And he's the, I believe Jesus was hiding in the Old Testament. Most of the Old Testament is a shadow of Jesus, yeah? Um, so not the substance, but just when you, when you know Jesus, and then you look back through the Old Testament and the Old Covenant, you can actually see Jesus. Ah, there he was hiding. Oh, there's a shadow. Oh, this is why the, this is incredible. This is incredible. But I mean, I love Joseph Prince like that. He explains stuff in the Old Covenant so well through the lens of the cross. But there's a few moments where I believe that Jesus himself has actually appeared um, before he appeared in the flesh, in that sense. And there was this one time with um, Joshua. I believe that, um, you know, when... When all of a sudden Joshua sees this guy with a drawn drawn sword and Joshua walks up to him and says, are you for me or are you against me? And the guy just says, neither. I am the commander of the hosts of heaven and I've come now. I love this. It's just, and then he falls down and worships him. If it was an angel, the angel would have not allowed him to worship him. Every time... In the, in the Bible, when people try to worship angels, the angels forbid them. It's like, no, 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 I'm just a servant as you are. You know, when John in, the, in Revelation wanted to worship the angel a couple of times, the angel always said, don't do this because I am just a servant like you. But here in this, in, there's, there's, I believe there's Jesus. He's the commander of the armies of heaven. You can see that in Revelation as well. He rides on his white horse. I mean, this is... Jesus is outrageous. Have you read Revelation? It's beautiful. There's there's a double-edged sword coming out of his mouth. I mean, he's got his name tattooed on his side. He's the king of kings and lord of lords. This is incredible. He rides on his horse and his clothes is actually drenched in the blood of his enemies. What that looks like, I have no idea who these enemies were. I'm going to leave that all up to Jesus. But he, and after him, follow the hosts of heaven. He's the commander of the armies. He really is. And so there he appears in the Old Testament already to Joshua. And before Joshua, with, with Abraham, I believe he was actually, I believe he was Melchizedek. 
because we don't know anything about Melchizedek. We don't know the beginning, and we don't know the end. Um, and in Hebrews, it talks about Jesus being a high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. Um, and since everything comes from him and everything is to him, to me, I believe Melchizedek was Jesus because Melchizedek was a priest of the Lord Most High and he was the king of Salem. Now, Salem means peace. Yeah? Melchizedek is the king of peace. We know another prince of peace. His name is Jesus. And, uh, and we know another high priest, and his name is Jesus. And so for me, it's just like, he's already, he's right there. Um, I don't know what he was doing, visiting his planet for a couple of years, just thinking, oh, I'm just gonna check out what humans do. <laughs> I, I don't know, but anyway. And there, there is Abraham. He comes back, and he he actually gives ten percent of the day's spoil to um, to Melchizedek. And Melchizedek there is described as a priest of El Elyon. He's a priest of the Lord, a servant of the Lord God Most High, Creator of the heavens and the earth. And this is um. Yeah. We'll stop there for now with this one. He is the one that creates. He is the one that is the great I am. I believe that that with God, in terms of healing as well, we're going to go into that maybe a little bit later, a little bit more as well, when we talk about the Yahweh Rapha, the, the God, the healer. But for us, healing usually is a... Is a has an aspect of restoration. Does that make sense? That was broken, now I'm healing it again. I'm making it better. It's just, you know, your arm is broken, now I'm just going to fix it. But if you know El Elyon, the creator, I believe there's another aspect to healing, which is those creative miracles that we don't... That, that's just his nature. He didn't fix the universe, he created it. Yeah, he just... He, and, and it just it's, it just changes everything and even how we pray when we pray for people's needs when there's bits missing in their spine or and we kind of kind of think oh God would you make it better this is often how we pray um, this is often how my kids pray just God make it better and that's that's enough for them they don't need to know more but actually if he's El Elyon the creator then you can actually command with the same creative authority that the Father has. We can step into the same, I want to call it anointing, that he is. The anointing obviously comes from him. He is, but you can step into this thing of, actually I speak to this knee and there's a new knee in there. There's a new spine in there. There's a new heart in there. This is not fixing the old. This is actually, there's going to be a new one in there. And uh, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. If that person you know, has heart issues, that person doesn't matter whether if God fixed the heart or gave them a new heart. Um, but for me, it's it really is an aspect of who he is. That he's not just a mechanic that fixes the car and makes it so that it passes the MOT again, the turf, that he just, you know, makes it just, just like, okay, we fix it again, it's okay, you can just drive again, no, no, no. He creates, and he recreates. People say that God stopped creating, in a sense, that's true, on the sixth day. Um, that's why Eve wasn't created, she was actually drawn out of Adam. Um, and yet, that's who he is. He is the creator. And it's not just a title that he earned himself for six days' work and from for the rest of eternity he's known for what he's done back then. He still creates and he still calls these things that are not as if they are. This is what faith is. He just says, and there shall be a new organ and there shall be it's, I'm now we're talking just about physical healing, but I'm talking about anything. I'm talking about breakthrough. Just 
the creator just you know there's there's some really cheesy old songs out there but they carry a lot of truth god will make a way where there seems to be no way i don't know if you know that song god will make a way when there seems to be you guys are too young this is just that's embarrassing but but if you know the creator you will pray differently i'm telling you you will look at situations and you will not you will not i make it really simple you will stop asking god to fix it and he will create you will speak creative breakthrough this is there, there is no way out i'm going to speak a way out into this because my god is the one that creates if there is a problem in a body you speak just that not just the restoration of what is broken but actually the the new in it and it's i love this he is el elion but he is the great i am so i'm going to love and leave you with this and your homework this week is hang out with jesus that's your homework for the rest of your life hopefully but um but it really is it's just like and i love that you guys have already you had your answer when i asked you this today straight away it's like guys what is god doing it's it's already a shift inside of you actually starting to think about where am i what is this journey that i'm on at the moment what does it look like what is god doing who is he right now to me all of this but and and that journey is going to continue and there's a joy that's going to rise up inside of you even more so because you have the privilege of hanging out with god i mean that is outrageous that you can come boldly before his throne of grace at any moment that he's never too busy for you that you're never too bad or too sinful to come before him quite the opposite he has made you holy righteous without a blemish and blame it's incredible so use this privilege don't just sit there and think yeah 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 this, there's enough christians that know about their righteousness and then kind of stop there like the, the, you're missing the point the the people of israel when they step across the jordan into the promised land yes they were in the promised land and they could have stayed there but they didn't that's when they just that's when the the fun actually started of now we get to discover and we get to occupy the land does it make sense that you have been made righteous already but now discover what that looks like hang out with him you have been made holy but now look discover what that looks like hang out with him amen 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 Thank you for listening to the Destiny podcast. For further information, check out www.idestiny.org.uk.